Today on the show, I'm happy to have Isabella and Till. They're co-founders of In-House AI. It's a tool to create affordable product videos in fashion. And we were just talking about not accepting norm and the benefit of being a bit different. So what's been your experience on that front? Things I'm gonna think I'm gonna take the answer on this one. As I described um, previously before, I think from a very young age, I never really fit in. And I think I was never really accepting the way how things had to be, which was quite difficult for my parents. Um, but I think in the long run, it's just how some people are. And I guess that's the way how things work for me. Um, and I think that's a summary of my whole life from my business, my relationship, my everything really comes to my, in my life. So yeah, being different is difficult, but can be great. So that drove you into entrepreneurship, it seems. And what was the first venture that you started? Uh, it's many, to be honest. So I had a, I think my very first, very first venture was probably like having a heavy metal, death metal band, which I thought is going to be like the path to my future. Then I went into skateboarding. Then I was starting to get obsessed with food, want to become a chef for a while. Then I went into photography and design and then UX design. And then I started a sunglass company. Two actually, two eyewear companies, a design studio, a photography career, and now the startup in-house. So it's quite a wild mix. Just a couple things then. Just a couple things, yeah. I have not done so many. I was a stylist, which I did for many years and then decided not to do that anymore. And then in-house after that, <laughs> not so many failures for me. But you married me. That's a great success. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice thing to say. That's, that's a good save, right? <laughs> So how is it being co-founders and married to each other? Horrible. <laughs> it's no, it's great. So we have completely different ways of working. So we clash all the time, but I think that in the end, it brings a better solution. So the final sort of product of whatever happens, but you should see the people that work in our studio with us. Like the first times they work like next to us, they're horrified because we're, we'll argue about things. And I think being married allows you to do that and gives you the space to be able to do that and like i said in the end you can really push the other person to get the best outcome so yeah i think that's how in-house is going from one success to the next yeah and i think it's quite interesting because we both have very like isabella said we're both very different um, personalities in a way i think isabella's way more structured and like making sure things are on time and like thought through and for me i'm way more like in my headspace. So I think I'm more like a creative person. And I always was into, my dad will had like his own business and I was always, I always knew I never want to be employed. And um, so it's a very different mindset and I was quite risk taking from home. Um, my dad took a huge risk. He lost everything. So I'm here to make it better now <laughs> or different. But I think that's a great description. Till's like hugely risky, whereas I'm totally risk averse. If we're doing anything with the business, Will Till likes to have meetings on the go. So we'll be like driving in the car and he'll be trying to have a meeting with me. And I'm like, where are the notes? I need the notes so that I can then go and research and come back to you tomorrow and be like, okay, I've done all the research, found all this out. This is the best way to do things. So, you know, it's a, in that sense, it's really great to work together with Isabella. She's a great sparing partner, challenges me a lot because it's very different the way I work. But we're finding our way how to solve problems like hoovering at home <laughs> yeah we got a robot <laughs> till's very into sort of like making everything as easy as possible for himself very software driven technology driven which really does feed into like we were saying at the beginning till doesn't do things the way that everybody else does things and i think that's why 
he comes up with the ideas for in-house. That's the best example, really. He looks at how everyone else is doing things and just went through the whole thing in the bin and start new. There's no point building on something that already isn't working. Let's do something differently. So you guys have the very clearly defined classic visionary integrator roles just in your personalities. So I see why this works. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to take it for the next therapy session. So thank you. I'm going to use that for, for our next session. And then growing up with seeing your father take that risk and it not working out. And that just seems like that just motivated you. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it motivates the right word, but it's the only way how I would accept life in a way, because it's the independency. I think it's just being able to have a dream and being able to work or almost cheat the system because my mom was always an employee. She was working as a teacher. She's still working. She's 70, 70 now. And she still does like another year, but from a very young age, I understood that if you can do something that is fun, first of all, my dad was obsessed with work. So my work doesn't feel like work really. It's just like an obsession. So for me, there's no, no other way really to exist. So if this doesn't work, then there's something else comes along. If this doesn't work, I'm going to continue until something works. So yeah, I think it's just like more like a mindset. And you need that uh, in business because. There are many days where you're like, oh man, how did this happen? <laughs> how did this fire start? How do I put this one out? Tell me, but I've been next to in-house. I've got another business, which is my photography career. So I've been building it for 15 years now. So it's a long time. And that's a huge looking back at it because it only became really successful in the last four or five years. But looking back at it, it was like a huge struggle and a huge risk taking. I'm 40 now, could have also ended up like not working out at all. I actually have a point to make it. We met five years ago and that's where his career took off. Well. <laughs> I don't want to say it's down to me, but it might be down to me. Right. <laughs> no, it's really good. Jill's career is like hand in hand with what we're doing right now. It's really useful to have him having built for 16 years and in-house is definitely benefiting from that. His clients is basically in-house's pipeline. It's all the people that he already knows and has already worked with. It's also the philosophy. I think the way how I even started to think about a software, it's something I always wanted to have for myself. Like I said, I've been working in the industry for such a long time and this tool never existed. So I was like, why the hell is this not existing? I worked in e-commerce consultancy for five years for really big houses. And then I worked as an assistant before. So I use software that's on the market. And I always wondered why is there no solution that is like covering these skill sets? And I think at some point we just, there was a starting point and we observed the market. Or I had the idea like five, six years ago and three years ago, I was like, no one did it. Fuck, still no one did it. Two years ago, then we started. So and even now no one did it. So I think there's really space for innovation and that's where my practice and in-house are coming together in that sense. The best businesses come from entrepreneurs who have been dwelling on something or thinking about for 10 years. And then they finally come to that point where I know, I figured it out, I know the solution, let's fix this problem. I hope I don't have to wait 10 years until it's successful, but yes, <laughs> let's speed that up. I want to retire. So with in-house, what can somebody expect? They come to you with e-commerce business. What is this going to look like for them on the video production side of things? The way in-house works is that you don't need a video studio with a videographer and video equipment and video editors. And we stripped all that back. So we looked at the problem, just that is the problem. There's, it's too much. It's too expensive. 
e-commerce videos need to be consistent and there's lots of them. They're at high volume. We're talking about companies that are pushing like a million items online every single year. And if every single one of those items is going to have a video, they need to be doing things differently to how they are now. So we decided there's already a studio taking photographs because these companies have to produce photos. You can't buy anything online without seeing a photo of it first. So they have to make the photos. Photo studio exists. They have a camera operator in there. We just give them an accessible piece of equipment, which is actually a mobile phone. And that camera operator, after taking the photos, records with the mobile phone. There's a guided recording process with the in-house app. Those clips get pushed into the cloud where our automatic editing system edits the videos into a product video and it gets pushed back down to our clients 20 minutes later. So the fastest turnaround time we've ever found is 24 hours and we're doing it in 20 minutes now, which is like our USP and our selling point. So is this creating a a use case of the product just from a photo in a video? It's what the... so. When you're buying an item of clothing, you always have to see it on a model or it's very usually seen on a model. And all we're doing is saying the model is now in a video. So it's like those catwalk videos that you might see, or if it's a shoe or a bag, it's sometimes on a rotating links. It's anything that will give a more accurate representation of that item of clothing. Let me give you a different angle on it to just explain the the solution and also the problem. So when I worked in consultancy, my role was to help these big companies to scale up their internal photographic production studios. So I was working a company that had 10 studios and they scaled up like 50. Um, and they know if we do photos and video, the conversion rate is much higher. So they desperately wanted to do videos. Like Isabella explained the model, a few cuts, show the garment, detail, front, back, all that stuff. So they started to build in between every third photographic studio, a fourth studio, which is like a dedicated video studio and so on and so on. And they thought, great solution. We, we get like a huge camera. We get like editors, 10 of them. They're sitting there all day. All the models are there anyways. So what started or the problem was that models from the photographic studios walked over to the video studio, but they didn't think about the fact that they only had one out of three as a dedicated studio. So in, instantly people were queuing. So it didn't just were like, they didn't just spend a lot of time and money on building them and trying to build a pipeline. They also reduce the output of their photographic studios, which is way more expensive than any video can cost. So there's a real problem which hasn't been solved in most of the studios yet. And I think that's something I discovered through working with the companies and I was like, there must be, or there is a better solution. And as Isabella described before, first of all, it makes sense to use existing studio spaces because of the real estate costs. Also, it's quite easy to update a studio from photographic to motion, which is like LED panels. And there just needs to be a system in place that delivers consistency because it's all about repetitive and fast delivery and all the file handling. So it's in-house is more than just a recording tool. It's more like a workflow management software for super high volume e-commerce retailers that covers recording, backup, and all the pipelines from automized editing, grading, color correction, and consistency in one go, and also file handling between all the different parties involved, because these companies are big and it's like a factory. So you still need to have uh, a recording with the model in some sort of movement before you can then put it into your finalization. Yeah, totally. But what Isabella described before, this already happens anyway. So the studios exist and the model is already there to take photographs because without these photos, you couldn't buy anything. So now the photographer who is the person in the studios gets a new tool, which is in-house on a mobile phone to record 
straight after he takes the photographs in three minutes, a very streamlined guided process with the rule these e-commerce places can decide like front, back, detail, whatever's needed. Um, and then our optimized cloud editing, we have like recipes, which we create together with our clients. And then all the videos that come in are consistency. And we're using a lot of technology to make sure the whole process plus the editing plus the color correction is very good and much faster than any other way in the market. Do you see it getting to the point where you could take still photo and animate the actual model to where it becomes video? Yeah, we hear a lot about that stuff and as well as the whole discussion about AI. So I think we're going to move soon into the AI conversation. I think it's still quite far away from it because when you think about selling garments, one of the biggest reasons for returns is that it's not like a representative representative. It's not a clear and accurate representation. Of the garment. Exactly. And I think even though AI is incredibly fast learning, just when you think about the process of how fashion gets produced, generated, designed, and goes in the market, we're still quite far away from being able to take a picture and then making a pure representation in motion that is actually accurately demonstrating the garment with all the details. I think that's because it's a lot about details and fabrics and movement and behavior and all that stuff. You two are going to be very uniquely positioned for when that technology does get to that level to implement it into yours. Yeah, I'm also worried about AI. I think that's another point we hear quite a lot from our investors. They always like, oh, what about AI? It's not scary because you don't like videos. Is video not obsolete soon? And I don't think it's either or. I think AI is going to bring way more opportunities within our market to actually create opportunities rather than it's going to eradicate our business. It's more the opposite. In the same way that video isn't going to replace photos yeah. and we're saying, oh, everyone should make a video, it's going to be photos and video. And we believe that AI is going to be like another addition to what we're offering in the same way that like VR, like virtual try-on that sort of stuff isn't going to completely make photos and videos obsolete. It's just, it's all adding to, I keep saying that clear and accurate representation of clothing, but returns are a huge issue for fashion e-commerce retailers. And they're really trying to drive down the returns. So although, yes, they want to sell more clothes, they also just want to really bring that re re return rate down. Have to. Yeah, they have to. Um, to make their businesses viable for in the long run and also just for all the sustainability fashion brands right now are really fighting to try and show that they're thinking about sustainability and things like their return rates. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that, just, sorry. Go for it. Just want to add to this, I really believe in content is king. So I think without content, it's impossible to really position yourself. And I think more content is always going to be better and the more efficient you get content, the easier it is or the better it is for companies to actually, like I said, avoid returns, be more efficient, but also make, there's a lot of things why video, photo, all these things are quite important at market and have a place. So yeah. I was in returns logistics for 10 years and that was my business. Right. <laughs> so you understand how you want to drive it down rather than uh, yes. increase returns. I created a sauce product called Returns Easy, which was so. going to be returns intelligence and limit the problem. And I was 10 years on figuring out this problem and then I figured it out and I was about to start raising money. And I said, I'm not going to fix this. Somebody else can do it. This is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I put it up for sale and now I got a few buyers for it and we'll see where that goes, but I Good get luck. it. 
fully <laughs> on this front. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you guys about really enhancing their video and getting this to go, how could they get in touch? Through our website, really easy, www.inhouse.ai. And in-house is spelt like Bauhaus. That was Till's idea. Form follows function. Dieter Rams, oh, Germans. I sometimes go the wrong way around, which completely nullifies <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to actually say. Or you can email me directly. Again, it's really easy. It's Isabella at inhouse.ai. Well, thank you both for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.